guys, welcome back to another ESL podcast. Welcome back to another video. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, guys, this is a special request. I had a message on my business WhatsApp and it was an individual by the name of Paola. Paola, big shout out to you. Thank you so much. And she was like, listen, and this came just a couple of days after I uh, had that same message from another student here in Thailand. And she's like, you know, I really need help. And the thing that she needs help with is more just like listening part B and part C. But Paola, today we're going to be focusing on error. That's right. This is the first time that I'm actually going into it. I wanted to do written structure, you know, structure and whatnot uh, before going into error. So I wanted to cover all the structure and then go into, of course, you know, error. But, um, you know, we're just going to jump around a little bit and you guys are loving the podcast and the blogs and everything. So I'm very, very happy for that. Now, again, if you guys want a lot of these lessons and not wait for them, my TOEFL ITP uh, Patreon badge in which you get two free coaching hours is available. You get two free coaching hours a month along with a bunch of exercises in both the listening, reading, and grammar, okay, uh, as well as a lot of other exercises and different questions, Q&A. Uh, so if you guys are interested in that, make sure you get in contact with me. And with that being said, guys, I'm going to switch this over. We have a test. Today's going to be a firm introduction into the goodness, all right? So what we have today is an error test. I hope I wrote this uh, correctly, because if I didn't, and I just realized I did mess up on one of the questions, you guys are going to see, and that's going to be really funny. So what I do, guys, and my methodology, again, you guys are seeing the underlying, um, the underlying, well, uh, for those of you listening to my podcast, you don't, so I'm going to have to emphasize and speak these out. But for those of you on video, you guys see it underlined. There is no number underneath it. But as the underline goes from left to right, it will be A, B, C, D. My technique is looking for all the good and then the bad will end up turning up. So I look for what is good, what is not. So I make sure I know my adverbs and modifying, uh, what is it, the adjectives. I know my quantifiers. I know my determiners, especially. I know the XYZ form, the parallel structures, there are a number of things. Man, I took this test about 30 times this year. And that's a long story, but these women, after getting perfect scores in like the, what is it, the grammar, obviously, and the listening, they just wanted me to keep taking it as um, practice. And I was like, guys, I've taken it 30 times and you're not even paying me to take this. So no, I'm done. So I took all the M series, the N series, all these different series and the tests that have come out this year are far more difficult than the tests that have come out last year, especially in the reading section. The grammar section, there were times where I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Okay, so again, luckily this one isn't too bad. It's, it's pretty tough, but you guys are going to learn a lot of things from me today. So <clears throat> with that being said, let's go over question number one. Let's get into this. There are a thousand of different types of roses. Now, what I tell my students is always look for the good, right? So types of roses, types of cars, types of buildings. Is that correct? Yes. Preposition comes before the plural countable noun. Now, singular count nouns depending on the sentence structure. So I would say, okay, D is good. Now, different types, different 
That's an adjective. Types, plural, countable noun. Different is good. Check that off. So we have A and B. There are 1,000. Okay, so now there is a problem here. And if you were able to pick this up, you know the answer. Now there are, that's perfectly fine, as we've always seen in sentences, right? So we know that B is the wrong ounce. Uh, what is it? Obviously, it's wrong. But what is the answer? Well, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, there are a thousand of, oh, no, can't do that. Oh, there are thousands. Why? Because R, plural countable. It's a count noun, so it must be thousands of different types of roses. Okay, so let's go into number two. This one's interesting, okay? Cold climate, all right? Cold climate, that's your D. Now, before I do that, for you ESL podcasters, it says, since 1908, readers set out to produce chickens that could survive Canada's cold climate. Cold climate, that is an adjective and a noun. That is good. Okay, Canada's, that's a possessive adjective showing that Canada has something. What does it have? A cold climate. Good. That could survive. Okay, model verb followed by an infinitive. Yet, well, not an infinitive. We'll drop the preposition. But this followed by a verb. That is good. Could survive. Could jump. Could catch. Oh, I could eat. I could sleep. I could sleep later on, get it? So I kind of formulate things in my mind and say, well, let me take out survive and put another verb in and let me see if I can use it that way. Oh, I can. So C, check, good. D, check, good. Now we have a phrasal verb and then we have since. Now set out phrasal verbs, set out to produce. Breeders set out to produce. Now breeders, what did they do? They set out phrasal verb following the subject Correct. Yes, you can do that. B is good. Since is wrong, it must be N. All right, so I'm even going to write this down for you guys on screen. Bam, N. And then I'm going to make this one red too. Thousands. There it is. In 1908, we're talking and referencing a specific point in the past. N is the answer. Now, Paola from Ecuador. I saw that you had put something else but it's okay. We just need to understand how the present perfect works. Since, now, if we're referencing, okay, since 1908, breeders have, there's no indication that this is a present perfect sentence. We're referencing a specific moment in the past, which is 1908. Boom, that's why it's in. Let's keep it going. Ooh, this is gonna be a long video. You guys better just get ready. Oh my goodness, here we go. <clears throat> Number three, from 1865 to 1875. What you guys need to do and what you must understand is from and to, neither nor, either or. Oh, man, what's the other one? Both? What is it? Not only, but also. These are things I've written down on my blogs before. If not, they're going to be coming up really soon. Understand those little formulas because you will see that a couple of times. Okay? Especially on the, um, what is it, the first part, the first 15 questions, whatnot. So the written structure, whatever you call that. Okay, so make sure you understand that. Now, a remarkable various of inventions was produced. Okay, was, main verb, passive verb, produced, 
indicating that, yes, this is a passive sentence. So what's going on with a remarkable various? Well, the thing is, it's adjective, adjective. We cannot do that. It needs to be an adverb modifying the adjective. O-U-S ending, that suffix indicates that it is an adjective. A-B-L-E also indicates that it is an adjective. So we need to make that an adverb so then it can work. Remarkably, a remarkably very, what, what is it? A remarkable, remarkably various, from a, a remarkably various of intervention, uh, inventions. That does sound a little bit weird, but again, that, that, that probably sounds very, very weird. But at the same time, a remarkably, a remarkable, a remarkable variety, a remarkable variety, a remarkably various. No, can't do that. So B is obviously good. So a remarkable variety, because variety is a noun. We could do it that way. Let me just hurry up and check. Most certainly it is. Interesting. Now, remarkably Oh, this was remarkably delicious. This was ecstatically uh, captivating, okay? That's an adverb modifying an ing adjective. You can most definitely do that. But in this case, we cannot use remarkably with various. We must use remarkable as an adjective and variety. Variety of inventions, okay? Does that make sense to you guys? So that was a little bit tricky, but again, all we have to do and what I would do in these cases is, okay, we have L-Y, we have A-B-L-E, we have O-U-S. How am I going to do this? Well, if I actually say it out loud, a remarkably various, okay, that doesn't make any sense because normally you would have an adjective as a compound noun, okay? So, uh, and then you have your adjective and your noun, right? But never have I ever, if that's a game, have I seen an article followed by an adverb followed by an adjective? Because when I said it out loud, I said, what? That makes no sense. So then I said, you know what? Let me switch that up. Various variety. And then I said, okay, that sounds just about right. I checked it. Boom. We're good. So guys, don't be tricked by that. Because even me as a native speaker, I would be tricked by stuff like that. But then I would say it out loud and say, whoa, 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 whoa. This doesn't make sense. So what I would do in this case, for all of you out there who are like, you know what, well, I might have difficulties with that, you know, on my, uh, on my test. I completely understand that. Hell, I've had difficulties too, okay? Because they try making it as crazy. What they like to do is try to make it sound completely wrong in the A or B. But if you don't read all the way through the sentence, you won't realize that the D was the wrong answer, right? So I'm like, hold on, that makes no sense but I'm gonna read it up, oh, I found it, that's the wrong one. See, they have a tendency of doing that, so be very careful. What I would do in this case, people, is again, if you see remarkable and various, there's obviously something wrong there because it's an adjective, adjective. Now me, I was like, you know what, okay, what if I say remarkably various of, oh wait, there's no noun there. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Okay, so we're gonna have to use remarkable, we're going to have to switch up various into a noun, which would be variety. All right, so I'm gonna be walking you guys through this. All right, so let's keep going. Now, this is very crucial, okay? Now, before I even go, let me just hurry up and write this And Bada bing, bada boom, done. <sighs> Number four, the simplest kind, K 
case. So we have EST indicating that it's like a superlative adjective followed by a kind of plant. That's good. Now, comma, like the simplest kind of animal, comma, consists of only one cell. Consists of only one cell, correct. Now, you have simplest kind of plant, simplest kind of animal. We're comparing two things that are the same. So we're not going to use alike. We're going to use like. So the question would be, or the answer would read something like this. The simplest kind of plant, comma, like the simplest kind of animal, comma, consists of only one cell. Boom. That's how it works. Okay? That's how it is. So if you guys don't understand the A, B, the B, the A, alike, unlike, like, make sure you understand that too, okay? Again, follow my blogs, follow my podcasts, and again, TOEFL, Patreon, all those lessons are going to be going up on there for you guys. If you guys understand that, you're going to bang out about three, different, uh, three additional questions. So understanding these little techniques, you're going to be all right, all right? Now, number five, the first recorded use of natural gas to light street lamps it was in the town of Frederick, New York in 1825. Now, all of this just doesn't make any damn sense. But what I have to do is say, okay, the first recorded use of natural gas. Okay, so we have the subject. But then, without a relative pronoun, okay, which would basically act as one of those where you could put either, you know, two main verbs or two subjects in the sentence, it lacks. So... Basically, natural gas and it, that is the same thing. So if I actually look at it again, that's exactly what it is. So again, the first recorded use, the first recorded use of natural gas to light street lamps was in the town of Frederick, New York. Because we can't have two subjects, okay? So be very careful about these subjects and these verbs, okay? You got your main verb. You got your, it, well, obviously, you got your main verb. You have your subject. Now, natural gas and it, you're basically restating the subject. So it is wrong, okay? So we have to drop out that it and use only was. Was is obviously the only main verb in the sentence, now let's look at number six. A museum in Denver, Colorado chronicles black cowboys and his role in the history of the American West. Okay. Now for those of you, okay, or who are watching this, we have chronicles, chronicles, black cowboys and his role. Okay. Now that doesn't make any sense, right? Because cowboys is plural. His Maybe if it was Chronicles, a black cowboy and his role. So what would we use in place of his? His obviously being the wrong answer. What would we use? There, right? Because it refers to the wonderful black cowboys. So Chronicles, black cowboys and their role in the history of the American West. That's how you do it. So let's continue going. Bluegrass music is kind of country music who was pioneered by Bill Monroe of Rosine, Kentucky. Now, bluegrass music is a kind of music, or I'm sorry, it's a kind of country music who was pioneered. 
Now, we use who for people. Some of you are like, well, who refers to Bill Monroe? Absolutely not, because this comes after the passive and after the preposition by. We and that who should or that relative pronoun should be referring to bluegrass music. So it should read something like this. Bluegrass music is a kind of country music, which was pioneered by Bill Monroe of Roseanne, Kentucky. Right, get it? You got my country accent? You like my country accent? There you go. This is exactly what I mean by knowing your relative pronouns. That's another thing that maybe I've already done. I'm gonna have to do, I haven't done anything in regards to error yet. Again, if you're on my Patreon, you'll get all of that, just one after another after another. So make sure you get on there. So with that being said, let's continue. Let's continue. We're done with that. Which, which is B is the answer. I'm sorry, I just stopped writing in those reds. So let's just continue going. <sighs> a number of the materials used in manufacturing paint are potential dangerous if mishandled. Now, this was the question I was looking for in regards to the L-Y and the O-U-S. Potential adjective. Dangerous adjective. So this is one of those cases where we could throw on an L-Y at the end of potential and modify the hell out of dangerous are potentially dangerous if mishandled. You see what I mean? What I do, and I have a tendency of doing, is reading over a number of the materials used in manufacturing, uh, manufacturing paint, okay, present participle, uh, are potentially da potential dangerous if mishandled. Again, passive verb, there it is, all right, we're good to go. So what I'm looking at, I'm looking for, okay, I know that a number of is okay. I know that in manufacturing, in plus the present participle, that's okay. I know if with the passive verb, that's okay, but something's really, really wrong with potential. So what I'm telling you guys and urging you guys to do is to look at the good and then you'll eventually point out the bad. This is one of the most brilliant techniques in the world. Because sometimes a lot of things you're just looking for, you're like, wait, what? This doesn't make any sense. Reduce the amount of chance, redu reduce the amount of choices. Okay. So then your chances can go up. All right. So let's continue. There are several races of giraffes, but there are only one species. Now, there are several races of giraffes. But there are only one species. R and one, do they relate? Negative. So what are we going to put there? But there, but there, we need a single count now because we're referring to just one species. But there is. If you said it, bravo. Bravo. Okay. Let's continue. Let's get this going, man. We're doing all right right now. Other than that crazy ass mix up with that ridiculous adjective stuff number 10 chestnuts were once the most common tree in the united states but almost all of them were destroyed by a disease called chestnut blight okay now the most common that's a superlative okay you're not going to say commoner commonest so the most common is good that's an irregular that's perfectly fine chestnuts were once the most that's fine, because we're referring to what it used to be in past time. 
were once the most common tree in the eastern United States, but almost of them were just, I'm sorry, I, per, but I think I said the wrong, I think I said the right answer, if I'm not mistaken, or I said something completely different, because when I read things out, I normally have a tendency of reading out the right answer, and I don't even know I read out the right answer, so it says here, but almost Oh my God, what I did do, I said, but almost all of them, but there is no all. It says, but almost of them. So what we need to do is drop the A-L and put, but most of them were destroyed by a disease, passive verb, such as called chestnut blight. Sometimes, man, you know, when I'm reading things out, I say the answer and I don't even know I said it. Or I read it in the correct way, although I'm reading it in the incorrect way. It's the craziest thing. So anyways, do you guys get it? Going into this next question, you must know how to use although and despite. Okay? <sighs> despite they are small, ponies are strong and have great stamina. Uh, I'll say that one more time because I butchered it. Despite they are small, ponies are strong and have great stamina. So they're strong, great stamina. That's okay. Have great stamina. That's fantastic. They are small. That's okay. Despite is the problem. You must use although. If you do not know the differences between despite and although, guys, I've done it in a number of my podcasts. Or just message me, and I'll hurry up and send you some rules very, very quickly, okay? Because, again, I've seen this a couple of times on the test. So what I have to do, I'm looking for the wrong, and you know what was happening. I was looking for the wrong answer. I'm like, they are small, good. Ponies are strong, good. Have great stamina, good. Despite, well, what would I use in part of that? Oh, oh, although, I see. I see what you did there. All right. So, again, you guys don't have to write the answer on the test, which is a good thing. A very good thing. You don't have to do that. But just know that the more you understand the rules, holy sh man, you guys should get like six. You got, well, depending on what, again, my Thai students out there, okay, uh, unless you're higher than intermediate, I don't know. Now, my folks, the, the one that I actually got a special request from today, Miss Ecuador, um, you know, you're probably grading your test while you're watching this video right now. Uh, but at the same time, man, I honestly think you should get no less than a 58 in grammar, written expression. Yeah, that's right. Do I believe that you have the potentiality of getting up to 61, 62, 63? Yes. I know you yourself said, I want to go for max score. Hey, by all means, reach for it. You are absolutely, yes. Based on my techniques, you could do it. Based on this technique, you could do it. I don't want you to waste any time. Guys, I do my grammar test, and it's not because I'm a native speaker. I just find all the right answers, and I go on to the next one. I do it in 12 minutes half the time. It's not because I'm a teacher. It's not because I'm a trainer. It's not because I've taught TOEFL ITP for years. It's because I look for all the right answers, and I find the wrong answer. That's what I do, all right? And call me crazy, but I do it with all the other tests. If they say, hey, Arsenio, you have to take TOEFL IBT. I'm gonna be like, well, okay. Well, this, this question, that wasn't mentioned. That wasn't mentioned. This is stupid. All right, this is the answer. Boom, right. Okay, this is how you defeat the test. It's not about knowing the information, except if you have to write down all that calculus BS. Uh, I, don't, I don't add A plus B. That's ridiculous. So anyways, guys, let's refocus. Number 12. 
physical therapists help patients relearn how to use their bodies after disease or injury. I'll repeat that physical therapists help patients relearn how to use their bodies after disease or injury. <sighs> now, are you ready for this? It's a parallel structure problem. It's at the end. Disease is a noun. Injure is a verb. Injure is the one that's underlined. So how can we make injure from a verb into a noun? Whereas it correlates and parallels with disease. Injury. <laughs> Guys, I'm telling you, man, you got to know these little things. It's all about the little things. I'm telling you, all you guys can be champions in grammar. Okay? Hell, before I started teaching TOEFL IT, man, I was pathetic. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, this, that, this, that. Even my writing has increased. A lot of you are like, how can I improve my writing? Do stuff like this and hell. I mean, you already learned a whole bunch of different complex structures in just 12 sentences. So guys, let's continue, man, because we got like 13 more questions and I got to go to work. Okay, so here we go. Liquids take the shape of any container which in they are placed. Write this down, people. Write this down right now. If you're taking notes, take notes. In which. Preposition will always go before the relative pronoun. Okay? I know some of you are like, well, I've seen this a couple. I have to. Believe me. Nine times out of ten, in which. I think, uh, I think I've seen which at at some point. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I can't remember where. I can't remember if it was a book, an article, a blog. I can't remember. But I did see it, and it was correct. And I said, this could be very confusing for a lot of people out there. But for the most part, keep this in mind, in which, in which, keep it, okay? Write it down. I've seen that on the test a couple of times. Don't play with me. Write it down. So let's keep going. The sun applies the light and the warmth, okay? The light, the warmth, that's okay. Noun and noun. The warmth was the one that was actually... Uh, underlined, the sun, yes, there's only one sun, that's fine, that permit life on earth existing. Okay, permit life is fine. Now, we have a relative pronoun, so permit, obviously, okay. Uh, that's a verb, and then you have life, which is it's a little weird, on earth existing. Now, again, if I, okay, now these are, let's just put it this way. C and D, I would be looking at it and say, permit life? Okay, I've heard that before. But for non-native English speakers, how would they be able to guess which one is worse? This is technique number two. Yes. I've taught elementary students and they've gotten 473, which is a passing score to become a teacher out here in Thailand to teach uh, the Thai subject or whichever other subject outside of English. Uh, you need a 510 to teach English. And I said, guys, don't ask. And they say, why, why? I said, the less you know, the better. Just when you have a C and a D on earth existing, a present participle after earth, that makes absolutely no sense, especially it being at the end of the sentence. So I would choose D. Now, if I hurry up and scan down, Let's see. Uh, one, two, let's see. Okay. Uh, let's see what we got here. Let's see if I can find it. I probably can't even find it. This sucks. All right. Uh, no. What, what number is Oh, God. Okay. Here we go. So this is 14, 11. Okay. So that's 27. Yeah. 
No, preposition in which, oh, there we go, on earth to exist. Damn it, infinitive. Okay, <laughs> whatever. Okay, so that is the answer, to exist, that permit life on earth to exist. You got me. But again, existing, it being a present participle after earth, uh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Show me, anyone out there, show me a, a, a sentence where you see a present participle after a noun. I will be waiting. Thank you very much. Okay. But again, I guess the right answer. All you must do is guess the right, or I'm sorry, the wrong answer. Okay. Now, here is another formula for you guys to follow. Number 15, it says for 17 years between 1932 to 1949. Fred Allen was one of the most popular. Always remember that formula too. One of the most. One of the most. Okay? I've seen this a couple of times on the test too. All right. Fred Allen. And then was subject verb. Perfect. One of the most popular comedians on radio. Yes, he cannot be in radio. So the bad answer is between mm, two. Now, what would we put there? It would be a coordinating conjunction, not the preposition. So remember this formula, write this down on your little notepad if you're taking notes. Between 1932 and, got it? Write that down, okay? If you guys wanna see all these awesome rules, go on my Patreon, TOEFL ITP, two free coaching hours, okay? It's hard, it's a lot of stuff to put out there. There's a lot of things to write down to put out there. So again, understand that and you'll be all right, okay? Let's go on to the next one. Whatever the hell this means, I didn't even know what this meant. Boolean algebra is most often used to solve problems and logic, probability, and engineer. So, there's a parallel structure problem. Now, logic is underlined and engineer is underlined too. Now, now that these are all nouns, there is one that refers to a person rather than a thing. That's the wrong answer. So it should read like this, in logic, probability, and engineering. <laughs> Got it? Because engineering could be a noun. Yes, a noun. Yep, a subject. Yeah, a subject. Subject is what we're talking about. Yep, boom, there it is. Got it? All right, let's continue. We got about, I don't know, eight more bad ones, nine more, who knows? Attorney Clarence Darrow is knowing for his defense of unpopular persons and causes. Now, persons and causes, causes is underlined, that's okay. Why? It's a parallel. I always look at the parallel and see if it makes sense. Persons and causes, although you're like, what the hell? Uh, causes? Don't, don't overanalyze, okay? Don't overanalyze, because the moment you overanalyze, you will get that question wrong. If you see purses with an S and causes with an S, it is good in regards to the parallel. All right? Now let that one go. <sighs> Guys, we don't need a present participle. We need a past participle. Which one is the past participle? Looking at it. I'll say it again for my podcast. It's attorney Clarence Darrow is knowing for his defense of unpopular. The rest, we already handled that. You can't use knowing. Okay. You got the main verb is, it must be followed up with the past, the past participle, which is known, K-N-O-W-N. Got it? Let's keep going. This is good, man. I'm on fire. Number 18, Phi Beta Kappa 
is an honor society that encourages scholarship in science and art. Another parallel. Science and art, good. Encourages scholarship, although doesn't make much sense. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it should be scholarships. Encourages scholarships and so, well, whatever, whatever, whatever. Who cares? But guys, the thing here is, and it's a little confusing. Now, it is uh, okay? Uh is wrong. It should be A-N, an honor. Now, some of you are like, no way. And goes before A-E-I-O-U. I completely understand. I hear you. I hear you. But the Brits, they don't agree with that, unfortunately. It's an honor because the H is silent. Now, if it's a horse, huh, huh, horse, that's okay. But here it's honor. H is silent. Therefore, it's technically an O-N-O-R. All right? So it's a little confusing. So another thing that I write down and all that good stuff on my blogs and Patreon, you make sure, let me know. <sighs> French Quarter. The French Quarter is the most famous and the most old section of New Orleans. Now, there is a superlative problem here, okay? Now, it says the French Quarter is the most famous. That's okay. French Quarter subject is main verb. That's all right. Nothing's underlined there. The most famous Okay, check on A, check on B, the and famous being the A and the B, for those of you listening, and the most old section, okay? Now, I know some of you out there are thinking the most oldest negative. Old is not an irregular, okay? It's a regular. There's old, older, oldest. There is no famous, famouser. I'm sorry, there's a famous, but there's no famouser and famousist, right? There is, and the oldest section of New Orleans. All right, so make sure you know your superlatives. Let's keep going. Number 20, there was once a widespread belief that all lizards were poisonous. Okay, okay. Now, uh, followed by an adjective, widespread. Believe is a verb though. Adjectives don't modify verbs. It should read belief, B-E-L-I-E-F. Not believe, belief. Not believe, belief. All right, that's the end of that. This is another one for you to remember coming up on 21. In the late 19th century, know how to read your dates. I'm pretty sure this is on my blog, thearseniobuckshow.com. Please check it out. I'm almost 1,000% sure. Well, that's too much, but let's just put it that way. If it isn't, Patreon, let's keep it going. Comma, many public buildings, comma, especially that on college campuses, comma, were built in those Romanesque revival style. I'm sorry, in the, in the Romanesque revival style of architecture. Were built, main verb, passive, good of architecture, preposition followed by noun, good. In the late 19th century, good. Therefore, that is not good. Well, if we look at many public buildings, plural countable noun, it should not read that. That is a single. We need to put those, especially those on college campuses, directly referring to public buildings. Let's keep it going, people. Sponges have neither heads 
or separate body organs. Now, Paola, I'm so sorry. I kind of messed it up when I had written this to you and sent it to you by email. I'm, I'm so sorry <gasps> because I actually wrote down the answer. Yeah. Uh, and I was reading it over and over and I was like, something's wrong here. Then I realized I read it again and I said, oh God, I'm so stupid. I wrote down neither and nor. Okay. I'm sorry, Paola. I'm pretty sure that you got it correct. Okay. Now sponges have neither, neither goes with nor, either goes with or. Remember that at all costs. You will see that on the test. Okay. Look for the bad. Now let's continue. We got three more questions. This is one hell of a podcast, one hell of a video. A wooden barrel is made from strips of wood called staves, holding together with metal hoops. Now, is this, uh, is this, uh, I don't know, is this a present participle or past participle? Are we talking about something that is just generally true? Yes. Then why are we using the present participle? Okay. We must use the past participle. Therefore, a wooden barrel is made from strips of wood called staves, held, H-E-L-D, together with metal hoops. Okay. Number 24. Salt was once too scarce and precious that it was used as money. Salt was, was once too scarce and precious. Oh, oh, mm, see, I'm, see, it always gets me. I'm looking at two and I'm like, oh, gotcha. Okay. Urgh, I hate it when they try to trick me like that. I'll say that one more time. Two is underlined and is underlined, was used is under, was, or is underlined and as money. So it says salt was once too scarce and precious that it was used as money. And I'm looking at it. I said was used as money. That's perfectly fine. You got the main verb followed by the passive verb as money. Perfectly fine. That it okay. Um, obviously, that being that indicator that you can use, as you see, two subjects, two verbs. Okay. Um, but I saw and, and I'm like, huh? And then I saw two and I'm like, what the hell is two doing there? And then I thought about it. And I said, what correlates with and? Oh, both. So the answer is salt was once both scarce and precious that it was used as money. Nonetheless, that A is wrong. Okay, both and. Remember that also. Just like neither nor, either or, both and and. It's the same thing. Let me just make sure. Oh, is it? was once so scarce. Uh, I mean, well, they say so scarce. Salt was, one, was once so scarce and precious. Well, I guess you could use so. Was once both. Well, yeah, once both is a little bit weird. Okay. And this is a blog that I'm going to be writing about. So and such. So and such. Okay. I'm going to have to write that down. I'm going to have to write that blog up. I know it's coming up really, really soon, so stay tuned for that. So nonetheless, A is the wrong answer, okay, which I said. I said both. Book is reading so. So it's, I guess, according to the book, it says salt was once so scarce and precious that it was used. And I think the reason being is because that, right? So sunny that she was so amazing that I ended you see what I mean? So 
whatever. Hey, wrong. Okay, I got the bows, but hey, I still got the answer correct. So 25, sharks acquire subject verb, many sets of tooth. Tooth is singular. Many sets, plural. It must read many sets of teeth. Will you see that on the test? Ah, it just all depends because there are a number of tests that are out there right now that are administered on a routine basis. So for those of you out there, congratulations. You have sat through this, man. I am so happy, Paola. You're going to let me know, obviously, your score some areas and some things that you need to understand a little bit more when it comes to error for all of you out there who have watched this all the way through. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This was one hell of a long video. My goodness, but it was very, very effective. It was very good. So again, a lot of you, hopefully you understand how I broke down a lot of those. Each of those questions had a specific formula. Got to know the formulas. So again, if you guys want to go on my TOEFL ITP badge, I normally upload things twice a day on there, different worksheets, different exercises for you to do. Uh, and you get two free coaching hours, $50 a month, just like TOEFL IBT, IT, uh, IELTS. I got other students from around the world on there too, which is so awesome. Uh, just love it. Spanish, Brazilian, Cubana, man. I'm just Indian, man. We're, man. we're just rocking the house right now. So again, if you're interested in online coaching, if you just want to hurry up and speed up to things and make sure that you get the right test, that's available. If you want something more long-term, going to take the test maybe December and after December, hey, membership site. <laughs> and if you need help with grammar and reading, you got everything. You get two free hours and you technically don't even need that much coaching either, unless it's the listening, because the listening could be very, very tricky. So with that being said, guys, man, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast and whatever it is out there. <laughs> if you guys have any questions, you make sure you get in touch with me. Follow me on Instagram. The link is down below in the description. If it's on my Facebook page, connect with me, WhatsApp, my website, look up all the TOEFL ITP blogs. Big shout out to Indonesia. You guys are on fire, man. You guys are on fire. You guys love me so much and I love you so much, okay? Because you guys, I realize that you need a lot of TOEFL ITP. You guys love my, my, my reading, uh, the Peel family. Uh, oh my God, I get so many views today. So again, man, reach out to me, follow me on YouTube, get a class together. If you want things that are cheaper, if you want, hey, there's like three to five of us, is it cheaper? Of course it is. Just whatever it may be, if it's groups of you or even classes of you, which I do believe it's out that happening out there in Sudabaya and other places, man, just reach out to me. Don't be shy because I don't like me no shy people. No, that's terrible grammar. Don't do that. Uh, but nonetheless, guys, man, thank you so much for tuning in to another ESL podcast and video and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Wherever else you're seeing this, I'm your host as always. You better stay tuned for more over and out.